We are bringing back the Lombardi Trophy to Philadelphia. The greatest fans of the world have their Super Bowl. Welcome back to another edition of the British Eagles podcast. To steal a line, I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Dan, Greg, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Last time we were all together, it was minus 23. We were in Minnesota. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, And that's where I want to start this podcast, obviously, with the Super Bowl victory. Dan, you were down on the the field as the confetti was coming down. What were you seeing? I was seeing Colleen Wolf, an Eagles fan, crying, tears of joy. ran into another... A uh, colleague, uh, uh, my uh, buddy Andrew, who was a Eagles fan, also crying. Uh, so it was an incredible kind of cathartic experience for Eagles fans uh, uh, in the stadium and down on the field. And yeah, it was it was really cool seeing a team. And as a as a Jets fan, never won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Seeing a team that's been waiting for decades and decades, the payoff. So and it, coming at the expense of the Patriots, even better. <laughs> Open it up to, to you guys. Where does it rank in terms of your favorite mm. Super Bowls? Well, I've tried to really block out basically any <laughs> memories of it. It's you need me to go over it. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult when we have to talk about it. Like there was also crying by our producer Erica Tamposi after the game because she, for a different reason, she's a Patriots fan. But it's kind of tough to forget about it when we're literally in a room with Jay Ajayi's picture on the wall celebrating it. So I'm constantly reminded uh, of. Uh, one of the worst Patriots losses ever, but you know. One thing I recall is that we did a little bit of um, uh, TV for Sky Sports during it, and so we'd be up in the, in the in our version of the press box, and then you'd have to go down a layer on the stadium to get down to where the Sky Box uh, Sky Sports box was. And, and I was with Chris Wesley, and we, we, it was in the third quarter, and we, we it took us about eight minutes to get down to the to the studio. And in that time, like ten or thirteen points had been scored. About 200 yards of offense have been generated, and we got to mean that we've missed. If you if you looked away for a couple minutes in that game, you missed so much. It's like it's easy to forget that Tom Brady threw for 500 <laughs> yards in this in this loss. If you knew, if you knew he was going to throw for 500, you think they would have won by 25 points. I think there was one punt in the game. Is that correct? Mm, yeah. I mean, I'd never seen uh, a game with offense like that. For it to happen in the Super Bowl, it was crazy, and that's why. When uh, the Eagles took the lead on the uh, famous Ertz touchdown, uh, it just felt in the in the air that Tom Brady is going to go down the field and score again. And uh, it would just be who it was. It's a cliche, but it was like whoever has the ball last. And it looked like it was going to be New England until the strip sack. So it was just a wild, wild back and forth game. Uh, we've been lucky. Uh, Mark and I have been at uh, the Super Bowls since the 2011 season. Greg's gone to them also in that same stretch. Like there have been a lot of good Super Bowls in the last decade or so, and that one for me is definitely right up, right near the top. I don't think you're going to survive another Patriots win though, Dan. Probably not. It's not going to happen though. It's over. The dynasty ended that day in Minneapolis. Is an Eagles dynasty starting? I think dynasties are too hard to pull off. It's why I've assumed this Patriots one would end at any point because they have easily the best 20 year run in NFL history. There's there's really no comparison anymore and I think even doing something like the Seahawks did this decade is almost the best you could realistically hope for to have a five-year run where you're right in the mix and even you know the Seahawks end up only getting one title one other Super Bowl loss to it so 
so I think that's the best you can hope yeah, for. I mean, but I'm of, just bitter. A lot of those, <laughs> outside of New England, a lot of those dynasties that we grew up with, the, the Giants, the 49ers, the Redskins, it was really those, those teams rotating in and out. It was a pre-free agency environment where players stayed with the same team for 10 years. And you, you, it's a, now you have to have a master team builder. And I do think the Eagles have that, where they find a way to keep players and reload. But you have a, you have a, younger, a younger coach and you have Carson Wentz. I mean, you've got a larger window than some teams that are trying to hang on with like a latter stage as Peyton Manning, for instance. I think this is going to be a really difficult year. Even It's always tough to repeat, but I think this is going to be a challenge because of the uh, knee issue with Wentz, how, how he recovers from that, when he gets back on the field, if he's the same guy, when he returns, how long it will take for that to happen. And also there were some key defections on the coaching staff, which always happens when people win the Super Bowl. And how did Peterson and, and Roseman do uh, replacing those people? That will be a big part of the team this year as well. Plus, Eagles fans like yourself are just going to get full of themselves, and the players will somehow feel that, and they'll just get overconfident. But he's not a Philly fan. He's not from Philly. It's more the people from Philly that I'm very concerned it's, about. Not just Eagles fans anywhere, but that that they're already annoyed with the developments of this offseason. All right. It's definitely on my radar about how. Eagles fans will carry themselves and comport themselves as as champions uh, and and defending champions. That is a, one of my favorite subplots. How insufferable will Eagles fans be? Pretty insufferable. <laughs> uh, but just on the subject of Wentz, it's when he returns. Nick Foles has been named as the starter. What does that do for you for Thursday night's opening game with Nick Foles under center against the Falcons? I mean, it makes me think the Falcons have a much better chance to win because Foles just pulled off, I would say, the most improbable, dominant playoff performance by any quarterback ever. But I'd take Matt Ryan you know, over him 10 times out of 10. So in, instead of having an advantage or being even at quarterback, like you can just imagine Nick Foles looking like he did in the preseason, which was a little bit lost. He's, he's either been really great or really poor during his Look at you still disrespecting Nick Foles after what happened. I think he's... It's clear, like 2014, 2013, like he's had great moments, and he's had moments where he looked lost. And he looked lost in the preseason, and maybe I'm overreacting. Well, I think the bigger issue is you're facing Atlanta's defense and a really well-coached team. But I, I kind of want to throw away August with Nick Foles and just see what happens when you've got all your starters on the field. They're actually game planning. And the, to me, there's something a little bit um, poetically interesting about Ending last season with Nick Foles on the field, and it's not going to be for long, but he's going to start this season too. So it's not just that he'll never play again for the Eagles. We'll get to see it. That's pretty cool for him too. I didn't really look at it that way, but it, it always felt like kind of a bummer. You, you felt for him a little bit that he would be, reach this mountaintop and be the Super Bowl MVP and then immediately just be kind of pushed into the shadows and forgotten about, but he's still at the center of the football universe because he'll be starting on the first game of the year. For those listening to this, it's probably going to be too late, but let's talk a little bit of fantasy football. Who's the one Eagles player you should have on your team and one Eagles player you should avoid? Nelson Aguilar would be the player I would have. He's slipping under the radar. Like, in general, like, I would think he would become their number one receiver even if Alshon Jeffrey was healthy and Alshon Jeffrey's not. And for whatever reason, I guess because he was, they barely played him in the preseason, like, no one kind of talks about him. He would be like a 1,300 yard guy. I'd go with the Eagles defense, but I historically don't play fantasy football. <laughs> Zach Ertz would be my pick. Uh, the tight end position in fantasy is a little dicey, um, and Ertz is about as safe a pick as you can 
get right now, and I'd probably stay away from the quarterbacks for the reasons right. that we just talked I'd about. I'd avoid Wentz. Whatever, people, yeah. whatever value you think you're getting in Wentz, just, just next year. Just to other, just go to after him. What are your earliest Eagles memories? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with, the you know, the Randall Cunningham play. You know what I'm talking about, where he runs back and forth and then throws it 55 yards. I mean, that play. Were you like three years old? In that no, happened? I was like nine. <laughs> like that, that play, though, even if you weren't watching it live, got replayed at the end of the year in terms of the best highlights of the year. Like year after year after year. Like Randall Cunningham was basically the most exciting player of his generation. And like, like on especially SportsCenter made those types of plays into like legends. Yeah, I mean, those Eagles teams, uh, that was early in my fandom. The Randall Cunningham era, the, the Reggie White defense, what they had there. But the earliest memories are really not names or numbers because, I mean, I grew up in Giants land watching the Giants and Bill Parcells and, and with my dad. And the Eagles were one of the teams that you knew right away watching the Giants without understanding the, the, the divisions and the conferences and stuff, that the Eagles were a hated opponent. And, you know, their uniforms were in such contrast to the Giants. Like, early football memories are just like, this is one of those other teams in the league. I didn't even know where Philadelphia was, but it, it, it they stood out to me. I would probably say the Jets and Eagles don't play a lot, but the Eagles have never lost to the Jets in the history of the franchises. And there is a game, <clears throat> must have been around 1992, uh, one of the hundreds of Jets games I've seen them choke and blow over the last de- couple decades of my life where Eric Allen uh, had an interception in the red zone and ran it back 80 yards to clinch an Eagles win. That is the earliest memory I have of the Eagles, and it is not a pleasant one. So, Final question. Eagles Super Bowl win, yes or no? No. I'm going with the field in general. Yeah, I think I think if they were in the if they were in, in the AFC maybe it would you, you could it's an easier roadmap to get farther along and, and maybe get a, a buy. The NFC is really rugged and I, the Eagles like last month's been pretty rocky and they're gonna need to still overcome some stuff and I trust them to do that because they actually people forget how many injuries and issues they overcame last year. I think they're going to be in the mix, like right till the final end. But I'd say no, just because it's so improbable. I say yes. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Hansen. <laughs> that, is, that is utterly not what Dan believes. I know. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us on the British Eagles podcast, and take care of your uh, the rest of the trip in London and your flight back to the states. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, buddy. Try to Thanks. be a good representative of the Eagles fan base.